0: Welcome to the Domus Search podcast. Thanks for joining us.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Fabulous. I know we've had a brief chat before, but I'll make a very brief introduction before we get into things. Uh, So my special guest today is director and co-founder of MoodBeam, a revolutionary uh, healthcare technology that is really uh, taking well-being by storm and uh, emotional development, organisational happiness. There's so many topics that i'd love to cover in today's chat Uh, so thank you again christina thanks for joining us my pleasure absolutely so uh so as i go into this podcast loosely it'd be amazing to to get a feel of of you christina and your your background and where it all started and where it is now so i appreciate technology and healthcare haven't always been at the heart of your career but uh yeah, you know, there's a personal story to the move and the and the transition of inventing Moodbeam as well. Would would you mind taking us back and and walking us through your journey?
1: Absolutely not. No, it's a pleasure. So so as you can probably tell from the accent, although uh, uh, Moodbeam is a Hull based company, I originate from County Down in Northern Ireland, um, and my journey sort of really began um, at 18, coming across to Surrey to study a journalism degree and uh never really permanently living back home again um (laughs) so so that took me to um all all parts of the uk a brief spell in france and then uh when i um began having my family with my husband who's from harrogate um we we uh really decided to base ourselves in uh the walls of yorkshire and uh, I'd uh, had a, a really enjoyable career in journalism, uh, sort of breaking off quite soon after I graduated to um, ghostwrite uh, for a lot of companies. I did work uh, when the internet uh, bubble was bubbling. Um, <laughs> I, I moved across from uh, sort of traditional journalism to sort of local government uh, press office uh, to working uh, for an internet news service for BT Insight Interactive writing a lot about business tech, pharmaceuticals, um, anything new and exciting and never really thought that I'd be immersed in it myself one day.
0: Indeed yeah no it's, it's absolutely incredible and and it was uh, you know we, we both share uh, parenthood as uh, something in common as well and I appreciate the the background of of our, well, our listeners will be able to find out when they visit the website as well. But uh, it, it was inspired by your your daughter as well, or or a situation that came around. Yes, uh,
1: yeah, at School, absolutely. which is a
0: which is a tough place, as I'm finding out.
1: <laughs> yes, <laughs> I don't yes, quite remember it. it so well, but <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And unfortunately, I don't think it's moved on much from when we Sadly. were sort of um, that age. Yeah. But yeah, I think. Um, Yeah, that was a big moment for me and that was really the motivation behind Moodbeam. So I was sort of happily working in a career um, that I enjoyed. Um, I had a seven-year-old and a three-year-old at the time Um, and one day my seven-year-old came home from school and simply didn't want to go back the next day. Um, And um, I asked what was wrong and she explained that it was bullying um, and that she had... Uh, tried to cope with it for a couple of weeks by herself uh, and then thought that really she, she couldn't anymore and she wanted to talk to me about it so as a mum who you know thought that I would have spotted the signs as a family who believed we spoke about everything and um, I simply didn't I didn't see the signs um, and the fact that she'd been trying to cope by herself for that period of time was a double blow to me, but also a big uh, moment of realization that at seven years of age, you do start to know when a tummy ache is anxiety, when bad feelings Mm. ruin your day. Um, And I really said about this um, rather naively perhaps, but the researcher in me um, said about sort of reading up a lot about what you could do. There were a lot of self-help groups out there, a lot of books, a lot of brilliant people, who could help but there was nothing that would allow somebody especially at that age to log how they felt about something during the day when they weren't with you and then how that could be communicated to me or her dad at bedtime or when we were walking the dog really to prompt a conversation based on the day's events um so so that was the 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 idea um really of Moodbeam. it was born uh in a, a cold um uh, church hall in november gosh five years oh. ago maybe six years ago now this year um and and really it was uh, the idea of um you know would somebody want to press button as i sort of thought in my head uh, something that would allow them to log how they felt in a moment and then would it be of any use to them whatsoever so we actually set about self-funding uh a hundred uh prototypes Uh, Something that you would, you know, open your garage door with, it looked like, really. But the idea, very simple, was not relying on biometrics, but really self-awareness. If I feel bad, I press a blue button. If I feel good, I press a yellow. And then that gets stored and timestamped somewhere at that point. Yeah. In close proximity to something else Uh, at that point. It was all conceptual. Uh, And really what we did was we... We found very early on that it was um, a tremendous benefit to somebody who really had been trying to get to the bottom of a of a situation. They wondered if they should worry about it. They wondered oh. if they could do something about it. But by being able to, you know, timestamp and store this information and then. Uh, even in the early days, um, you know, extract that information and see a time of day. They could then quickly diarize, you know, what's happening at eleven o'clock every Tuesday, mm. um, and then take that information to somebody perhaps in uh, uh, who was supporting them, whether it was a family or a, in the early days maybe a therapist, uh, and say, you know, let's let's explore what's happening at eleven o'clock every Tuesday and get that conversation going. Mm. So, so that was the early days of Moodbeam.
0: That's incredible, uh, and so many. It kind of sparks up so many emotions because my my seven year old, who's nearly eight, has, has gone through something very, very similar at school. Although we, I feel like we nipped it in the bud, mm-hmm. it feels like there's some consistent behaviour around her in the school that that she's not always able to cope with on her own. And, and I think the traditional style of, I can probably say this because my other half's a teacher as well, a primary school teacher, is that these kids have got a lot of stuff going on, uh, mm. which, which starts to make me think about, you know, what can we do about getting mood beam in the hands of you know, head teachers and schools and, and so on. But, uh, yeah, I don't think kids always want to run away to a notebook and write something down about how they feel and can't always articulate their feelings. I, I noticed our daughter would come home very angry. Mm -hmm. What's going on here? You know what's what's going on deeper, and you have to really dig deep to find out what's going on. Sometimes
1: you do, you do, and I think there's there's two elements to that. So we did, um you know, because it is the typical way of you pick your child up from school, and what did you do today? Mm, Nothing. What did you, you know, have for lunch? Can't remember. But if you say, you know, what's that scratch on your arm? You know, they're Mm. going to say, oh, well, such and such pushed me over. And then I cried for a bit and I went to the friendship bench and everything was okay." But on another level, when we did speak to schools, you know, we're going back nearly five and a half years now. And I imagine it's not much better, unfortunately, for teachers at the minute is that, you know, if you don't have um, the resources um, and you don't have the infrastructure built in that allows you to, you know, employ uh, or deploy mood beam in a, in a school environment, who's going to look at the data? Is yeah. it up to the family to communicate that? Is it up to the school? Uh, and really, you know, back then it was a case of, you know, teachers already stressed out and under-resourced. You know, is this something more that we have got to do? Yeah. So so we, we parked it actually um, at that stage with yeah. school because they simply didn't have that ability to, to bring it in. But it is an interesting one because maybe yeah. not, when there is a deeper need, if you like to be able to evidence how everybody's feeling about school right yeah, now, yeah, and Interestingly, we have, uh, you know, some schools using it for the staff. Yeah, uh, you know, that's maybe where it begins because you know this isn't an Ofsted inspection. This is about real time awareness and happiness of your students and those who are teaching them.
0: Yeah, absolutely, uh, and it's uh, yeah, I can I can totally see where it where it fits in there, and it, it is a bit. Maybe a gradual and a slower education of the um, of, of schools, really, and yeah, an education as, so. as a whole. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. longitudinal probably is yeah, more likely absolutely. than a, a quick hit, which is which is more impactful, really. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And I guess with the, with the backdrop of the COVID, um, I, I know the a lot of the conversations I've had with business leaders about the last year and a half of been making sure everybody's happy was probably the first thing uh, you know making sure people were taken care of uh, emotionally and financially um but, yep. but then well-being is just skyrocketed you know to the top of the of the hr agenda or people agenda depending on what business so imagine it's uh, you know i don't want to say fortuitous because that's probably not the right word but uh if ever there was a time that that companies and organizations and individuals needed something like Beam, i imagine now's the time
1: yeah i would say so you know it is uh, there's a lot of serendipity going on others would call it zeitgeist but i think fact that you know and we did have early day conversations within the nhs you know they were going to use yeah. mood beam within their treatment pathways yes. um, and uh you know we we did have discussions around multiple use which led to us creating you know a, a beta dashboard um you know two two years ago now but what actually happened uh, when COVID hit was that we were starting to have conversations with business leaders and managers and people who'd heard about Moodbeam or maybe used it for a personal use case or mm. somebody that they cared for and they suddenly said do you think this would u- work with our people because you know we're being asked by a board level how is everybody right now and quite frankly we don't really know mm. uh, and they said do you think this would work um, in this setting so we were quickly luckily able to sort of employ although in its crudest form the dashboard that we had created uh, for, for other users quite quickly really to allow them to instead of having to pick up the phone to 500 members of your team it, you know uh, we helped them distribute obviously to homes at that time because it was all home working um, you know the Moodbeam devices and what they were uh, able to see uh, first of all, for the for the employees, they felt cared about. They actually thought this isn't just you know uh, a a one trick pony. This is something mm-hmm. that I've been gifted to help me through. And for the organisation, they were able to sort of see yeah, even back then in beta, you know who's who's struggling, who's not, um, and who should I pick up the phone to today because I've only got a limited amount of time to do that. Uh, and what it allowed them to do was you know, really try and move towards that. But at that stage, it was all anonymized data mm. because, um, you know, obviously there was the fear factor behind, you know, gosh, we're an organization. We could be accountable if we know something about somebody. And, and their biggest frustration at the end of the beta trials was the fact that they could see that somebody was struggling, but they didn't know who it was. So we took the rather bold move, but more of a request, really, particularly within construction um who we've been working with for a good couple of years now and they actually said you know when we surveyed our our beta trialers what they said was we actually want to be identified we feel like for the first time ever we have as much of a voice um you know working in the ground as the guys and girls in the cabin with the hard hats on yeah. and, and where we led to with that was employee voice being able to sort of you know rate your day have a say and actually feel invested in and part of the conversation rather than being mandated you know use this do that um, and it really brought a whole new meaning to uh, i guess workplace well-being
0: it's incredible oh and we spoke briefly earlier on about this being a uh, yeah, a success story and, and a competitive advantage as well for the company to be utilizing Moodbeam as a as a wearable within the company was was that the example in the construction industry there?
1: Yes, uh, yes, with, it with was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so what we did was um, uh, in January we launched the new sort of uh, two two pronged website, if you like. So there's Moodbeam for you as a consumer and Moodbeam for business, um, and we we quickly moved into the identifiable. Uh, you know, dashboard, and we we got the guys uh, within construction um, who we've been establishing because at Moodbeam we're all about relationships, really. That that's mm. the most important thing to us, and it was through the relationship that we had built that they said, look, we want to, you know, um, really showcase how this has helped us because it's allowed us to have those conversations that we may never have had. It's brought us closer, even though we don't all work together physically. Uh, and the big thing is that um, plenty of people talk about caring about their people, but what, now we can actually show it. So they've, they've used it within a recent bid submission. You know, it's the prequel, isn't it, of, you know, yeah. um, uh, are you a good employer? How, you, how can you show us that you're a good mm. employer? And what they're actually able to turn around and say is, actually, we have this little, very human, user-led Piece of tech um, that allows us to, you know, uh, you know, really have a a happiness score in within our teams, and we're able to show that we do care um, by by using Moodbeam. So for us, that's fantastic, obviously, because ultimately it's still helping the people, and that's all that really matters to us. Is however you use it and whatever reason you use it for, it it was great to hear the feedback that the manager, um, who I, I feel like I know really well now, actually is somebody who deeply cares about his team and and his team actually were able to say yes because when I needed that phone call, because the dashboard is daily and it's yeah. real time, I got the support when I needed it, not six, six months later when things had escalated for me. Um, and it's not all about... um mental health here certainly yeah. it encompasses it but it could simply be the fact that something's happened on the way to work or works rain stop play and yeah. you know we're facing a massive penalty here and actually uh, we want to show uh, the industry that we need to move forward within the future of work really
0: absolutely and there's so many ways it can go from it something you touched on there it, it could be it might not necessarily be a yeah, you know, this this person's having a very very bad time emotionally. They may just have a terrible gut feel about a project that they're working on or or a decision that's been made. But at at least if it sparks the conversation, uh, I mean, what a great intervention or what a great way to to get a conversation going. Um, and and putting myself in the shoes of the shoes of a lot of business leaders as well and CEOs, I can imagine um, there are more times than they would like to count that that they. Somebody leaves their organisation. They say, "Well, I wish I would have known something mm. sooner," uh, yeah. and this could just be that that connection.
1: Yeah, definitely. You know, we've we've sort of, you know, the minute we moved, um, you know, our whole psyche to, you know, Moodbeam—the measure of happiness—it mm. resonated with a lot of companies on on many many levels. And I think it is the fact that you know, when you speak to somebody working within recruitment. Uh, you know they they know that most people leave within the first six weeks of beginning a new employment and that that can be down to anything that we've been given a couple of examples recently of that can be down to just the very fact that it isn't the right fit for them or Mm. it's not what they expected Uh, but equally it could be a culture thing and I think culture is something that is always underestimated even even now and it's got to be you know the right culture that you're um, you know curating and growing you know we had somebody um, company speak to us and say look we we spent three years trying to get this um lady into a position that we knew was perfect for her she traveled across the world to take this position um and she left within two months simply because nobody had explained to her that in the uk you know the laundrette works this way the the kitchen is there and um, mm. when we say this we mean that yeah it's it's a massive oh, but, but they lost that linchpin in their organization simply because they didn't know when if she, she had perhaps had mood beam she could have said look you know i feel like i'm uh isolated here um and i really love my job i really wanted this job but actually i don't feel like a fit in and there could have been a conversation to be had there
0: mm, absolutely and th- and thinking about the businesses then um you know during the time we've of- got here so we're, who would typically engage Moodbeam originally and, and how would they uh generally integrate mood beam into into their organization
1: okay brilliant so so yeah like obviously in covid times the biggest mm. um uh you know organizations were the ones who were hugely under pressure and demand so we had ppe manufacturers for example we had the banking Um, institutions come forward and say look we're asking people to work at home instead of in branch like they've done for the past 25 years but you know how do we implement this so we would uh, you know say okay let's jump on a a, a webinar let's explain to them exactly what Moodbeam is and how it's really in their hands um, and, and sort of support them as they used it so that they felt like they, were, they weren't just given a solution and then dropped, um, you know, obviously with Moodbeam, you get the device, which originally was a wearable, um, still is, yeah. uh, but now a lanyard. Also, a, we're moving now to a direct app entry as well. Oh, um, uh, and there are conversations around, you know, web extensions and APIs and all the rest of it. And when we have that initial chat, what happens is, is, is magical, really, because what we do is we don't presume anything. We just say, this is Moodbeam. This allows you to log moments in your day. The companion app allows you to set up prompts so that if you want to do it in synchronicity, you can. It's almost like checking in with each other. But what ultimately happens is a diary begins to be created of your day at work um, and you have the opportunity to, to speak up and your manager knows if if that needs to be now, not two weeks' time. So the minute they understood that this was very much their choice and um, how, to, how to use it, um, they then set about sort of exploring it within their own culture. Some would say, gosh, you know, we've got a lot of work to do here because there's maybe mistrust. Um, others would say, no, we've been talking about this for ages. We're ready. We've just done a well-being, uh, you know, workshop, and this would be a great sort of... A- throughout that and perhaps something that we could you know get feedback on are we doing the right thing are we offering you too many free yoga sessions would you really really just rather have Mm. you know a couple of hours out of the office and it's getting that conversation started and just allowing things like um you know we like to think we're a bit of a hybrid solution for a hybrid workforce and and taking the cliche out of that, what we mean is that it's whether it's the fact that you've got used to working at home, you maybe still have to work at home because of personal uh, responsibilities or, or in fact, you worked better and you can get your head down and concentrate back in the office. Uh, Obviously demographics play a part. We've got, you know, uh, the younger generation are saying, well, actually that, you know, we have an expectation for our well-being and our happiness to be, Considered this. This is a great way of saying if it is or not. Um, and you know, they all said about using it for their own reasons and hopefully solving a problem that they think existed uh, and doing something about it.
0: That's incredible, well, fabulous. And, and um, you're yeah, thinking about your journey as well as a as a an entrepreneur and a business leader. Now, how how has life changed for you over the last few years and, and the way you look at things in business?
1: Um, I think, um, I guess, as I say, I used to write a lot about sort of inventors and people in innovation and business and technology. And I'd like to think that a few uh, myths have been busted and a few ceilings have been broken. Um, And particularly as a woman who began this journey at 40, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I like to think that I show that if it's possible for me, it's possible for anybody, you know, Um, I think you need to get the right people um, around you. It's a very cathartic process because I quite honestly probably spent 20 years surrounded by the wrong people professionally. Mm. Um, And I think, um, you know, uh, there's no reason why um, you can't uh, take your idea forward. I've probably, looking back, had dozens of good ideas um, over my lifetime, and I've never really done anything about it because there's the risk element, there's the what if, um, and quite frankly, what have you got to lose? You know, if you and I think they're popping up across the country now. If you are fortunate enough to, you know, in Hull we have a group called for entrepreneurs only, and that really is a club where it's it's free. It just asks you to commit, you know, for for seven Wednesdays. Uh, in a year and other entrepreneurs come along and, t- and talk about their story and offer their support you know that if i hadn't had that and if i hadn't had c4di in hull which is the tech incubator where we're based that really was a bit of a library of minds and um, we it could have taken us you know another five years to really to get through so i think um As a person myself, I would say that I wish I'd done this 20 years sooner, but in a way, it would never have occurred. Um, So it's really all about if you think you have a problem to solve that the world hasn't yet solved, then that's your job to take that idea forward and make it a solution. And there are probably many, many people out there who have considered that. And and honestly, uh, the world is a better place for, for having new ideas in it
0: absolutely yeah i think somebody once said there's uh there's more billionaires in the graveyard than there are on the planet you know the ideas that uh that go with people and pass over uh, absolutely. That, that should have been implemented and i think i was listening to a, a very entrepreneurial lady the other day I forget her name she's she's launched numbers you know large numbers of businesses i said everybody's got a million dollar idea in them you know you've just got to find it and i, I think really co- coming out of uh another quote as well which is uh, sorry to sound all all quotey but <laughs> ne- necessity is the mother of all invention he said yes. I, f- I forget who said that uh, I'll find out yeah but uh, it, how inter- how interesting that it was born out of you know, something very very close to home uh, yeah. it's like right I'm doing something about this
1: yeah and I think so I think that's where the, some of the best ideas in the world have come out of a frustration if you like that mm. well if this doesn't exist why doesn't it exist it's either got to be for a very good reason or a very bad reason or simply nobody's thought of it. And that's my quote. (laughs)
0: Yes. (laughs) Um,
1: And and it really is. It does come down to that, is that, you know, uh, but you've also got, you know, my good friend, my best friend, really, unfortunately, she's she's passed on now. But the one thing she left me as a legacy of thought is that you have two types of people in this world. You have the drains and you have the radiators. And if you can surround yourself with the radiators who raise you up make you feel warm and comforted uh, and supported um, those are the people that you need to stick with unfortunately some of us may be surrounded by drains and that's yeah. maybe in a personal or professional capacity but the sooner you shake the shackles of those the better yeah. because you'll always get the naysayers. you'll always get the i remember standing up and talking to a group of people when moving was still very conceptual and they went what if it doesn't work and i went well, that's just not an option, <laughs> you know? So, yeah. so yeah. Uh, with, with the greatest will in the world, um, I still don't know where Moodbeam's going to go. Um, I still don't know what it will be known for, but I do believe that if you, if you plant the seed and let it grow itself and bring the right people on the bus with you, well then, then that's, that's the exciting bit, but it's always about the journey. Never wish it away for the destination.
0: Great words. Absolutely love that. Yes, I've heard a lot of successful people, uh, and I live this ethos as well of of jettison, jettisoning. You know, the, the vast majority of people around me because uh, there's just a lot, not a lot of uh, positive influences when you uh, when you find yourself out there. And the and the Dutch, I think they say, "Tall trees catch the wind." Yes, you know. So <laughs> when you're putting it out there, there's uh, yeah. yeah, you generally hear the people. And do you you know in, in business and life do you do you have a mentor, Christina, or have you ever had a mentor along your way? Or the, uh, I mean, i really I love the sound of the four entrepreneurs only. There's there's not a lot of free uh, incubators like that, so that that sounds amazing as well.
1: Yeah, um, gosh, there there are many many people who I believe have influenced me and i guess maybe that is subtext of a mentor but you know um i am lucky in having jonathan elvidge you know who co-founded mood with me yes uh, indeed you know uh he he is a fantastic guy a very humble guy who has been there done it, worn the t-shirt ripped it up and started again and his 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 mantra really is that You know uh you never know till you try um but never forget that you've got to enjoy the journey um and i guess maybe that's where the destination one came from because the destination isn't half as cracked up to be as the journey and the and the experience of you know us going to hong kong us going to las vegas to you know uh explore manufacturing partners and and solutions and all of those exciting things, uh, but I think mentor-wise, I, I, I get mentored every day from my nine-year-old to, um, <laughs> yeah. to, to to my mother who recently passed away, and equally my dad. My dad was the one who, you know, said um, it's a bit of a risky business that you're doing here at <laughs> forty. Are you, are you sure you're doing the right thing? Mm-hmm. And then he admitted to me um, a bit later on that he said, "That's me talking, not you." And I think that is the biggest thing is that mentors come in many shapes and sizes and you can you can get advised all you like, but it's what advice you choose to take on board. Mm -hmm. And I think um, when somebody tries to bring you down with your idea or your thought or just bring your day down, you know what you have to remember. um, And I said this to my 13 year old as recently as yesterday, is that what's what comes out of somebody's mouth isn't uh, a reflection of you it's a reflection of them and when somebody's a little bit of a less of a risk taker or they see maybe the potential pitfalls that's their worries not yours don't take them on absolutely
0: no it's, it's incredible i know um yeah you know, i mentioned our conversation to test my other half at the weekend and we're going to get a uh, you know mood beam for personal use and i think and and i'm going to have a chat with Leah's school as well and see if we can get her uh, Get, see if she can wear one within the school as well. Or maybe she could do the lanyard. That yeah. might be a little bit more discreet.
1: Yeah, well, it's, it's really... We've made it in such a way... So uh, we always had the wearable. That's where Mood Bean began, uh, as a wearable. And maybe five years ago, it was still having to be a bit more discreet. But what we discover is that the minute you give people the choice of how they want to wear it, they, they can choose. And we had 15-year-old boys saying i love this um you know even the prototype which again looked like a a key fob you know they they personalized it they wore it with pride said i can't wait to have this on my wrist Miss. and then you've got other people who can't for whatever reason wear anything on their wrist like we've had discussions with frontline doctors and nurses in icu over covid and they can't wear anything so the lanyard became a, a bigger and bigger option uh, and now, obviously, because, you know, you can use it um, all being well, um, uh, well, yeah, in the next few weeks, really, as an app, a direct app entry, that will also suit more people. But I think in school, uh, we because we made it so simple that it doesn't make a noise, uh, it has a gentle vibration. Um, I think the lanyard is the way to go because it's almost like an ID for um, your happiness. You know, yeah. it's something that you you get to wear with pride. Uh, and in schools, interestingly, when my um, nine-year-old was wearing it last year, when she had a bit of a uh, a personality conflict, shall we say, with another child, even just wearing it was a deterrent. It was a leave me alone because I'm logging.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so
1: it's, it's all about human empowerment, really. Um,
0: and yeah. now you're providing the data through a stylish wearable yes. uh, with, coupled with modern day technology. Uh, so, so you can actually track the data. It's amazing, and I'm mindful that you've you, you're a very busy founder and and uh, business owner, and you've got other things going on today. But so, what I'll make sure that I do uh, in the washup is is make sure there's links to to you and to Moodbeam online and everything that we post out there across the uh, podcast and and the internet ether. Uh, but it's, yeah, absolutely. I do
1: Sorry, man. No, no, please. I can also send you a video of the dashboard because I think that's where it really comes to life for organizations, being able to see sort of the good days and the bad days, being able to break it down into locations and circles, which is teams to your uh, you and I, and also report on it. So it's something that could be extracted for boardroom use or just uh, a shareable profile really. That, to get those discussions going i'm happy to provide you with all of
0: that that would be wonderful i think my ceo and operational leader network would uh, would love to see that in action i'd be really really happy to share that as well christina <laughs> and i think maybe you know i don't know whether it's uh, too soon in in a year i know it's crazy to think about a year from now but uh, i'd love to get you back on the podcast and and hear about how mood beam has evolved over the next 12 months as we start to kind of relax things in the uk in particular anyway
1: yeah uh, that would be an absolute pleasure i've really really enjoyed this matt and i'd love to do that Thank
0: me you. too christine yeah i will you know i'll be in touch on a regular basis and yes, uh, please do would that sound like a good good place to sign off for the day
1: I think so. Yep, I've really enjoyed this. What a lovely way to start a Wednesday. Me
0: too. I know. Yeah, absolutely. Happy Hump Day. Although I never say that, it just came out.
1: <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, it's been yeah, it's been great great chatting with you, Christina, and uh, to your
1: continued success. Thank you very much, and you too. Thanks. Speak
0: to much. you very soon. Cheers, Christina.
1: Bye. Bye. Bye.
0: Thanks for joining me on today's Domus Search podcast, where I was joined by my special guest co-founder and director of Moodbeam, Christina Colmer-McHugh. I really enjoyed the conversation, learned a great deal, and I think what she's doing with Moodbeam is uh, essential and uh, hugely impactful on well-being and health and happiness uh, for individuals and organizations. I will post how to connect with Christina and Moodbeam online, and I'll be sharing this across Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and all the other various uh, podcast outlets as well as social media really grateful for your time thank you for joining me and I'm looking forward to the next